Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Noble Father Podcast. Within earshot is my wife, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, just... uh. I think she heard it anyway, so she was walking away as I'm recording this episode. Um, today is February the 27th, and technically she was born yesterday, uh, years back, but uh, she is turning 34 today, and you are a very important person in our lives and in my children's lives, and I wouldn't be a noble father um, had you not uh, birthed our children into this world, and so just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday on the podcast airwaves here uh, before I got started today uh, recording this episode. Today's episode, uh, I wanted to talk about something that um, has come up recently uh, in a variety of ways in my own life and, and in, in others around me. <clears throat> and it's this, uh, you know, uh, idea of, uh, not idea of, but like uh, disabilities and, and the way we look at it and the way we perceive it. Um, so I wanted to start out by giving you the context of why I'm talking about that today and, and you know, what's the significance of it in my life and how is it, why is it coming up now? Uh, recently, um, my son, we put him back this year. Uh, last year, we put him into homeschooling. So he was doing school from home and then felt the need to like return him, put him back into public school. He really missed the social aspect and, you know, obviously it wasn't working for my wife and, and, uh, and so yeah, came with a bunch of challenges. We learned a lot through the experience, and and um, and so we we just felt need the the you know maybe it's good to put him back in and you know re, re, retain some return some of that social aspect um, you know back into um, his life. And um, <clears throat> you have to excuse me today. I'm a little bit under the weather. Picked up uh, something from my wife and my kid, so uh, my throat's feeling a little bit funny. So I'm gonna clear my throat here and there. And these are things that I don't edit out. And so, um, so, you know, we put them back into, uh, the school and, you know, there's, you know, the teacher has been noticing that he has a little bit of a focus issue uh, when it comes to certain, um, areas of his study, um, math in particular. And, um, you know, we, we got, you know, sought doctors, uh, you know, our, our family physician to see, um, you know, what, what are some of the recourses and things that we should do um, to get checked out? Because you know, one of the suggestions from the teacher was to, you know, take an audit and to see how we, um, you know, what what's what's going on? Is there something going on, uh, you know, under the hood, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, there's a part of me that kind of like, you know, because when I understand concepts and look at things in the world, it's like, well, you know, who's interpreting this information and, and, and what is the, what is the light that we're shining? What are the perspectives that we're looking at this from? And, and, um, you know, interestingly enough in, in our father's meetup, you know, 
there, there are times where fathers will share openly and say, you know, hey, like I feel like sometimes I got a disability, you know, talk about ADHD and how I can't do this and I can't do that. And, you know, in the, in the, in the main basis of the definition of the word disability is, you know, unable to do something, right? Uh, there's something impairing us, something holding us back and something is anchoring us down and, and not enabling us to be able. Um, and so, you know, so I started looking it up, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because, you know, I've been on this, um, this thing of like David and Goliath from reading, reading the, the, uh, one of, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books. And it's, it's really quite interesting when you look at disabilities, um, even the word itself, like, I really don't, I don't like that word. It sounds so restrictive and it's, it's so, you know, there's like negative connotations and stigma attached to, you know, disabilities. Like, you know, suddenly we have to like filter our words and, you know, or, or we have to like be careful around these people. It's like, these, these are human beings. Like nobody wants to be treated differently or, or, you know, especially, or, you know, for, I don't know. I just, I just think of myself sometimes it's like, and I'm going to speak about my own experience in, in this, in this regard, because you know, technically everybody in the world has ADHD then, right? Like technically everybody has some, some form of attention deficit disorder, right? Depends who you ask. It depends, you know, who you're talking to. Is there really a perfect person out there that doesn't have a disability, like some kind of disability? Everybody does because, you know, if you've studied anything like the Myers-Briggs, it's like you got you got the left and you got the right. It's like if you're far on the right, then you're going to have, you know, a, a, a compensation of, of the left. You're going to have a handicap on the left. If you have full on the left and then you, you'd have a, you'd have to compensate on the right. You'd have this handicap. And so, you know, what is, what is the perfect balance? Like what is ability? I mean, let's just ask that question. What is ability? Um, and so you can kind of see where this is going. Interesting thing about the Malcolm Gladwell book is that he talks about this concept of, you know, diminishing returns. And so, you know, if you're interested in looking that up or you're looking up at the book or if you, you want to know what this book, you know, what this book is, you know, I'd love to let you know, I'd, let you, I'd love to send you that information. Um, maybe I'll include it in the show notes and you can find it for yourself. Um, but like it, it's it's this com concept of diminishing returns. And so there's an inverted U curve. If you Google inverted U curve, you will see a graph where it shows the what X and Y axis of this graph. And so on one side, let's just use the I think I described this before that one side, it describes the, you know, the ease of parenting. So, you know, difficult being at the bottom and then as it goes up, it's, it gets easier. And then also at the bottom, at the bottom, there's a different one that says wealth, right? Family's wealth. And so it goes from, you know, um, not being wealthy to being very wealthy. And so you can picture it as an inverted U curve. It's literally just like an arch. It just goes up and then it comes back down eventually. And so, you know, one way to view this graph is like, um, you know, okay, so if you're poor and, you know, childhood is difficult, you know, raising as a parent, as a, being a parent is difficult, uh, you know, that's the bottom of that arc of the left side of the arch. And as you go up, as you make more money, then you can, it starts to get easier, right? You start to have more options. You have more things you can invest in your children on. But then eventually it comes to a point where it hits the apex and it starts to go downhill again, where having too much money starts to create more problems for you as a parent. And so you know, on the other extreme would be you're super wealthy. Your kids have no concept of, of what it means to, you know, be in a scarce 
uh, environment. They have no understanding of how to save money. Everything that they ever want is given to them. They can buy and purchase whatever it is they want. And suddenly you have really spoiled children and it you know creates different dynamics with that. So parenting gets hard after you've gotten too much money. And so, you know, there's this interesting middle ground um, there. And so from that light and from that perspective, if we were to look at disability from that, you know, with that with that lens through that lens is that on one end of the spectrum it's like okay i have this disability but is there a point where like the inverted u curve it starts to go up and then at the very apex what that zone is that golden region where it's like this disability is not actually a disability and i can actually use this and manipulate it to be functioning and actually contribute to society in my own unique specific way and I'm telling you right now that that there it's absolutely possible. And I mean, I don't even have to give you evidence. Like there's evidence of this abundant in our world. And I'm going to give you some of those right now because I think it's very, very cool and very interesting. One of the things that he talks about in the book is dyslexia. And, um, you know, it's just like this inability to learn and to like retain information or to read words. Like you get held up on a word. So you can imagine if you're having a conversation with someone and, you know, it takes them like four seconds to get a word out or it, for whatever reason it's stuck and they can't, they can't, just can't seem to speak that word out. You know, you can imagine how frustrating that is in school, right? Your teacher is talking, you understand English, but you're held up on a certain word that she said, like, you know, a few minutes back, you, you get stuck and you can't move forward. You can imagine how incredibly hard and frustrating that is. Now, you know, you put that into the backdrop of my son's schooling. Like, what is that? What, what, what does that look like? Right. Um, like, oh, so this is a, a, a teacher who has her own beliefs and her own system and and her own speed at which she thinks a child at that age should be doing something or a school system that says, oh, you know, we have to focus on rote memory or uh, rote education and, you know, not focus on creativity or whatnot. So you can see how systems can play a role in exacerbating a disability in a, in a certain person. And the reason I'm speaking about this is because, you know, as fathers, we're going to be dealing with stuff like this. Our children are going to be unique in their own ways. We can either be a part of the system and discourage them, or we can be a part of of encouragement and 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 showing them what are the ways through it how do we see this what is the light that we can shine on this and is this a way for us to even understand the world around us even better is that if each person in this world has some form of disability in some way or another how can we treat them better how can we view them better how can we create more peace and harmony amongst everybody around us by understanding that we are all incredibly imperfect people it's just kind of the premise of this episode so here's an interesting thing and some of you may know this already is that 40 percent of the billionaires in the world today 40 percent are dyslexic okay now, these are famous people these are not you know um you know like i'll i'll i mean i'll look them up for you right now right um henry ford was a famous dyslexic person um the the founder of ikea Ingvar Kamprad, he was a, a dyslexic. You got Charles Schwab, Richard Branson, David Murdoch. You got William Hewlett, right? Hewlett Packard. You have Steve Jobs, Steven Spielberg, Ted Turner, Tommy Hilfiger, Walt Disney, right? And these guys are also, you know, some of them were also left-handed. Some of them were high school dropouts, right? Uh, Vince McMahon, right? Uh, World Wrestling entertainment right um alexander graham bell like these are all famous people famous billionaires who were dyslexic um 
and, and and like what what do we make of dyslexia right is it a disability at that point right um and, and so there's other there's other people out there let's just use music for an example right beethoven beethoven was deaf like how can a pianist like one of the most decorated probably the most recognized um pianists of all time musicians of our age of, of humankind was deaf ray charles was blind stevie wonder was blind right like they were able to play in such a way that was like better than those who were better abled than them right that in itself is an indication of we have it all wrong we have it all twisted and you got, you know, other bright minds, right, who were disabled in their own way. Stephen Hawking, right? Frida Kahlo had spina bifida. You have Nick Vujicic, right? If you don't know who Nick Vujicic is, is he's this, this, this guy who was born without a leg, without legs and without arms. And he's this motivational speaker, goes up and motivates people. And he, he does this routine where he, you know, does the drums. He plays the drums for, you know, because I know this because I have actually, he actually came to our high school and he was playing the drums. He was just like, hey, everybody close your eyes. And, and then he started like doing drums on it, like doing, like hitting a snare, a snare drum. And he was going at a pace that I was like, who's doing that? Like, even me with two hands, I can't even do that. He has no hands, no legs, and he can still do that better than I can do it. So what does that say about me, right? Obviously, that wasn't what he was looking for. But like, looking back, it's just like, well, am I, am, I'm so able. It's like, what can I not do, right? Why do I make up these excuses or whatever? Andrea Bocelli was also deaf, apparently. Or he, no, he had some kind of, I forgot what it was. Um, but anyways, he had some kind of disability. Um, more interestingly, you know, like I, I'm a, I, I like to do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right, um, from time to time. And, and uh, there's a guy named Jax Machado who um, only on one hand, on his left hand, he only had a thumb and a pinky. And it was a significant advantage for him. Like he was able to do certain things that other people weren't able to do with, with their hands, and with their grips. And, you know, BJJ is one of those things where you have to have your grips to be, in order to do it and, and, and. There's just a way that he was able to manipulate it in such a way um, that created a significant advantage for him when he fought other people. And he had a, a pretty illustrious career in Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, because of it. There's another guy, uh, Clinton, the blind grappler, Terry, who he's blind and he's this black belt, right? He's like the first black, oh no, first blind uh, Hispanic black belt to ever um, hold a black belt um, in jiu-jitsu. The interesting thing about jiu-jitsu is sometimes we do something called flow rolling where we, you know, when we're rolling with our partner, we close our eyes. And, and it's amazing how intuitive and how, you know, our body with our sense of touch and our sense of, you know, intuition that we can feel and, and know where we're, where we're going and what, where our hands are going and what our opponent is doing and be able to do moves even with our eyes closed. Um, and that's the interesting thing about those things too, is that if you're blind and if you're, if you have some kind of sensory, um, handicap is that the other senses are, um, heightened. And so, you know, your sense of smell is heightened, your, 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 your vision is heightened. If you're deaf, like you notice things that other people don't notice. And so, you know, what is a disability really, right? Like you're going to find yourself asking this question as I go along here. Um, left-handers, um, 
So this is something that I'll talk about a little bit later in my own story because it's really quite interesting. Um, you know, left-handers are perceived in this world and how the system, you know, perceives them. You know, the, the main thing that I heard this week was also ADHD, right? A lot of the ADHD, ADD, like what is, why is that such a big deal? Um, how are, why are we seeing it in such a, a light of, of a disability? And, you know, it's because the system that we were part of is like, oh, it's like focus and doing work that, you know, you're told to do. It's like, but there's nobody gives you solutions. Like nobody tells you what are ways around it. How do we manipulate it so that we can actually turn it into a, a superpower? Um, and if you're interested in this, it's, it's really quite cool. I, I input, I inputted the prompt, um, into chat GPT, um, to ask, you know, how can ADHD be turned into an advantage and so if you've never played with chat gpt and you're interested in figuring what that's all about go check it out put that prompt in how can adhd be turned into an advantage and it spat out seven um, ways for me that adhd can be beneficial that you can check out yourself um, i'm not going to go into it that's, that's that's really not the premise of this episode um, and, and other people so he, you've heard of savants savants are people who are um, if you've ever watched the movie rain man with um uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, um, you know, where this guy was able to, he just had certain abilities. He was really gifted in this one certain area, but everything else like socially, he was not there emotionally empathy. Like you're just, you're just not, not there fully, but he was so gifted in this other area. Um, you know, there's that other guy who can go up in a helicopter and fly over New York city. And then when he lands, like draw the entire thing to detail, like absolute detail, like from start to finish and, and it's just you know something like that it's just like whoa so then that's an ability so is it much of a disability um, down syndrome right people with down syndrome have this high empathy they they almost like love ceaselessly there's no there's no cap on the amount of love they have and they want to share Auti autism there's so many famous people out there with autism that are on the spectrum like it's, it's, it's actually quite in, in, incredible um, that these people are able to contribute the way that they did. Just yesterday, stumbled across a video on YouTube of this guy who is, um, uh, he runs a, a YouTube channel that um, uh, focuses on the Nürburgring in Germany. If you're not familiar with what that is, it's a car, it's a racetrack that is quite famous. And um, he was in the car with this guy who drives with his hands. Um, he's a paraplegic and um, he, his controls are all hand operated and he was driving the guy who ran the channel admittedly said that you drive better than people who actually have feet um, who actually are coordinated and and even himself he's like you're you're better than I am um, it's just unconventional to think that it's possible what you're doing and the whole video he's just like man like he's passing cars endlessly and he's you know, doing the turns and everything and, and manipulating the throttle and braking, like maximizing every centimeter millimeter of the track to, you know, to, 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 to get a good time on the track. It's absolutely incredible to watch, watch the entire thing. And man, it, it was just amazing to see him be able to control that. Um, it, you know, and not just for us humans, right? It's like animals, right? Even just like dogs have this, dogs and animals have this innate ability to see danger, sense danger. It's like when there's an earthquake happening, they just, they, they scatter. They know before it's coming. They just know it's time to intuitively, time to leave. You know, there's, there's certain abilities to, um, you know, they're not obviously not able to talk like us. They're not able to think and, and 
create businesses like us or whatever it is that you want to think about um, that separates us from animals but they have empathy they have this innate sense that's an ability it's an ability um, and it's interesting because you know when i think about that it's like um you know there's a there's a guy in my church his name is jeff and we call him big and loud um that's his nickname and and uh you know he calls himself you know <laughs> he says that this whole experience of life is we're just in a meat suit and we're just we're spiritual beings living in a meat suit and and that's so it's so interesting because right we're, we're not just physical beings we are also spiritual beings we're also empathetic beings we're we're social beings we're relational beings and and there's just so much more to this existence than meets the eye. You know, you're listening to this podcast and something, you know, potentially within you is like, yeah, I resonate with that message or I'm feeling that or, oh, this doesn't sit well with me. Why is that? You know, you got, there's certain abilities that we overlook as human beings that these, that people are able to manipulate, you know, so you can, um, you know, even just like thinking about Goliath, right? I talked about Goliath where, you know, they manipulated a his immense height to instill fear into other armies but you know he was also suffering from a, a condition called acromegaly which made it so that he was incredibly big but um it also put a lot of pressure on the pituitary gland and so he was not able to see his opponent very well and which is why you hear him saying to david come to me right i have a he, he's not able to move so well the tallest person in the world by uh, by, by guinness world records um Robert Walton, I think was his name, Walden, um, he also suffered from the same condition. He was not able to move for very long, definitely not able to carry a sword and a shield and his armor and, and, and do, you know, this and that in the battlefield. He tells David, Goliath tells David to come to me and also comments, why do you come to me um, uh, like a dog um, and carrying sticks, right? David only had one stick, so his his vision was seeing two, double, um, and even though David only had one, and so his disability was turned into an ability, but also his disability was what caused his downfall. Obviously, that's a different conversation, but um, you know we we manipulate things in our worldly sense. We see things in in a worldly perspective and in a physical perspective, but we overlook that there's something beyond that. David, though small in stature, had great bravery, great courage, and great faith in God. And God was able to use those small stones, one small stone from the five that David picked out to conquer this giant. Um, there's another guy named Rocky Nohands who's this, um, he's, a, he's a video game streamer who does everything with his mouth. He holds the world record uh, for Fortnite, um, the most amount of kills with somebody, like, somebody who uses his mouth to play the game. If you've never looked it up, go check it out. Go on YouTube, look up Rocky No Hands, and you'll see his videos. Like He is phenomenal at the game. He gets more kills and everything than I can ever do. I couldn't even play Fortnite myself. So what does that say about me? Like my, What about my disability, right? If this person had no hands, um, in my nonprofit side where we do work in China, um, you know, doing different projects, um, one of which is, you know, helping disabled disabled people get, you know, artificial limbs um, and, and um, you know, helping them get into occupational therapy school so that they can do work in China or, or whatever it is. Um, there was a major partner that my dad was with uh, for the longest time before he passed away. His name was Randy Galloway. 
he suffered an electrical accident um, when he was 18 uh, working at a factory uh, somebody hadn't shut off the electricity on something that he was working on and uh, it took both his arms um, and he was his chances of survival was very very slim he, doctors were all saying he won't make it he won't make it there's one doctor that stood up and said no I believe that we we're going to be able to create a miracle do a miracle here and they got to work on him and they saved his life and he lived till he was 60 70 something um and yet it was amazing to see randy because he was so able like he never saw his disability as a hindrance even though he needed to rely on others for certain things he was not afraid to ask and he was able to do incredible amounts of stuff with his his claws with his hands he he was still as bubbly as a connector with people he was man he did so much for china that um like he has a huge following, like just huge, like people who support him and love him, like fought, like like he was a father to them, um, in China. Um, another case was this girl named Jolly. Uh, she was a she suffered an accident, not an accident. She suffered um, a loss of her two legs um, in the earthquake um, in the city that my wife is from, and she was a dancer. Um, and so you can imagine a dancer suddenly losing both her legs. It was a traumatic experience. She lost her daughter too, um, and you know was divorced um, because of it. And um, it, it, we, one of the first things we did was you know we got to work getting her artificial limbs um, to do uh, to get her back on her feet. You know, <laughs> pun intended. Um, you know, and she is now this amazing uh, woman who is married to a. Um, uh, prosthetic specialist and she does uh, work all over China um, helping the disabled get their um, prosthetics back um, if you're interested in supporting that work um, you know we'd love to include you in that email list and we send out newsletters and stuff another person that we've recently helped to um, with that is uh, this this girl named um, Lena and she uh, also suffered an electrical accident when she was playing hide-and-seek as a child um, in this in a, in a uh, room with a transformer a transformer blew up and um, it took it took both her arms um, actually above her elbows and so you know she's got nothing um, besides her leg her, her feet she uses her feet to do everything and um, this past summer we were with her in California she was she got accepted into an OT school which is occupational therapy school in Southern California and and um you know, so you're spending some time together, getting to meet some people and seeing the school and getting her ready for her first semester. You know, our organization uh, felt moved to um, help her, assist her in getting um, tuition to go to the school. It's a three-year program in OT school and USC is one of the best in the entire world. Um, and she's currently there um, going through her schooling. But man, seeing her do the things that she does, like, you know, um, you know, ordinary things like um, scrolling on her phone, um, just hanging out, eating food with chopsticks with her feet, uh, playing the piano with her feet, um, like everything. Like I'm just like blown away. It's like how does I, I would I would have given up, you know? And you know there was a time where she would have given up too. It had it not been for Randy in her life and seeing that it was very possible and she just needed a network of people who believed in her and encouraged her and told her that there is a way it's going to be more difficult but there is going to be a way it's not going to look the same your life is never going to be the same but there is a way to manipulate these things into advantages for us and and really that's the beauty of um you know 
you know, there's certain biblical stories like that too. Um, you know, some people, uh, some scholars believe that Moses in the Bible had a speech impediment um, where he was potentially stuttering and not able to speak. Um, and, and he actually says this in Exodus where um, in Exodus 4, he says, But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And the, the beautiful part about this is verse 11 where the Lord says to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And so looking at disabilities, like everything that God created this disability within you to give him glory. Maybe that he that you have to rely on him to trust in him that he would enable you to get through whatever this is or or use that disability to help other people like in the case of randy in the case of lena in the case of jolly these people were given horrendous situations obviously it's not fun to suffer an electrical accident or be a victim of an earthquake where you lose your daughter by no means is that fun but god had great purpose using those things to change other people, to move other people, to mobilize people, to help others out there in the world. And, you know, that, that that's kind of the thing is that, um, you know, God intends to do that, right? He uses the little to do great things. Um, he dwindles down armies to take on large armies. Um, in Second Corinthians 12, 19, 12, 9, he says, you know, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And, and, and there's something about relying on this, this, you know, whatever you believe about God, but to, to rely on God, trust in him, something above ourselves to see that there was great purpose in this suffering that we're enduring. Um, you know, and, and, and that definitely relates to my own story, right? Um, when I was growing up, I, I found that I was like very high empath. Like I was feeling things that I wasn't sure was normal. I felt, I felt like nobody understood me the way that, um, I deserved to be understood. And, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't, wasn't verbalizing it. I was kind of cluing into, you know, as you grow up, you kind of like try to figure out what's normal, right? What is normal? And as a high empath with, with, you know, heightened sensory abilities and, and my thoughts being incredibly rampant and thinking about things that from different angles, you know, like I said before in the podcast, sometimes I felt like I was born with a female brain or something. Like, I don't know why I verbalized it that way. And I don't mean to be derogatory towards women, just that my mind was ceaseless. It would never stop. And it will always, it would just go rampant. Um, and, and I was able to sense energy. I was able to sense, like in high school, I was able to sense when there was going to be a fight because I'd be able to read people's emotions super quickly, feel this tension and feel this stress on people. And I was able to anticipate that there was going to be a fight that day. And sure enough, um, there was going to be, you know, I think it was part of this that made me want to be a police officer too, is that, you know, I was able to sense when things were happening. Um, you know, like I said before, also it's like, you know, seeing people pickpocket others because they're so able to pick up subtle things and subtle clues that would help me understand the situations around me. Um, in grade five, there's an instance where a teacher was reading a book to us, a chapter book. I forgot the book. Um, but he was going to finish a sentence and I finished it for him out loud for whatever reason, finished it out loud. And I, I anticipated what, the, what he was going to say. And the whole class caught, was caught by surprise. They were just like, whoa, like, you know, like, what was that all about? And, and I think that celebration bit, um, 
that celebration piece whenever I was um, being commended for being able to finish the sentence of my, my teacher. I actually ended up getting a, a binder, a free binder out of it. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, that, that celebration bit, the, the, the celebration of the fact that I finished that sentence really helped me clue into, wow, this is actually a good ability. Like I can actually be, I can actually use this. Um, you know, oddly enough, this is something that my wife definitely hates is that whenever we're watching TV shows and movies that we've never watched before, I always finish the sentence. I always finish the line. I always finish the phrase of what they're going to say next or respond to the person in the way that I, I knew they were going to respond for whatever reason. And I always look over, it's like, like, what like how did that you know how does that even happen um and it, i can't tell you how many times that's happened you can ask my wife she gets annoyed at, at it for sure so uh, you know good it's, it's her birthday podcast she'll forgive me a little bit by mentioning it here um you know the thing was like i mentioned was the left-handed thing um you know growing up as a left-hander was uh, incredibly difficult and um you know in my culture in the chinese culture it's something that uh um is is looked down upon um, at an early age. Uh, my parents definitely was wasn't the typical uh, Asian family. They definitely didn't, you know, you know, cause me any trauma for being left-handed. Um, they've supported us uh, as left-handers growing up. You know, I have another sister. I have a sister who's also left-handed. So in my family, um, you know, the percentage is you know thirty-three percent of us. Uh, there's six of us, and two of us are are left-handed. But in my country, um, in China, where my parents are from. Um, if that number is really low, the percentage of, 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 of left-handers in China are, it's about one to 3.5% of the population is right-handed. The interesting thing about being a left-hander in China is that, you know, I spent plenty of time there. Um, education is one of the things that, um, our, our nonprofit does, um, in China and, um, you know, so I was touring camp uh, classrooms and schools with my dad and and on multiple occasions, just, um, you know, one, on one occasion in a room of 300 people, uh, my dad asked, you know, how many people are left handed in here? And like three people raised their hands and one of them was me. Right. So in a room of 300, only two of them were left handed. Um, and, and it's 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 actually you know, when we're talking about disabilities, it's really what the world sees, right? What does the system see? What is, what is, what is the 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 um, uh, consensus of, of of people, and what is the consensus thought about disabilities, right? Everybody wants to believe that they don't have a disability, but in reality, everybody does. Um, but we have to view it as as such, and we say that, oh, that's not perfectly healthy, and so you're not able to contribute in this way or that. Um, and so, you know, that's a way to look at ourselves, even just with the left-handed thing in China. Growing up, um, you'll see this is that um, uh, teachers will say that a left-handed student is one that doesn't obey, doesn't listen, right? Because he is not or she is not, um, uh, how do you say, like uh, aligning to, you know, teachers will actually hit kids' hands because they're using their left hand and uh, they're treated as outcasts in the classroom. Um, and I've seen this on, on one occasion. I was in a classroom that I was sitting in on and a friend of mine was teaching English and um, in a whole classroom of about 35 kids, there was one kid in the back, or, uh, in the back sitting all by herself, no friends. You can clearly tell that, um, you know, I wondered, I was like, is there something wrong with this child? And there was nothing wrong with her. She she was just left-handed, and she was secluded to herself. She was sitting right next to the teacher, all by herself, and and I felt sorry. My heart broke for her because, you know, here's this child who's perfectly healthy in the whole world. Her whole world is telling her that she had a disability, 
and and we all know that there's no disability with that right a left and right-handed person is no different than um, the next person um, and and the interesting thing about that is that now when I go to China and people see that I eat with my left hand or I write with my left hand they say wow you're incredibly you must be incredibly smart and incredibly gifted like and I always wonder is like where was the disconnect why is this little girl suffering from this 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 from this kind of abuse only because she was left-handed um you know I, i've seen this on, on various occasions one time i was working at an orphanage in china and um even while i was there i was only there for like three days there was a new a new a person a little kid was dropped off uh, middle of the night and they went to go get her and she uh, came in perfectly healthy looking baby the only thing that was wrong was that just it looked like w one side of her body um, her hand and her foot was bigger than the other side and it wasn't like it, like it wasn't exorbitantly bigger it was it was slightly bigger than the other it was a little bit abnormal but like this child was perfectly healthy nothing absolutely wrong with it and and just it, it really broke my heart to 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 see that and, and to to think that Something so small, something so physical, on the outside appearance, we as man will 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 magnify and say that this person is a problem, or you're not created perfect, or to another person's standard of perfection, and it it, it really really broke my heart. Um, you know, I've I've talked about this verse before. You know, First Samuel um, sixteen, I think it's sixteen seven. I'm gonna find it right now for you. Um, it's very. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful word because this is what God sees in all of us. And, and I, I hope that you take this as an encouragement. You know, um, this is this is how God sees us. Um, he says, but the Lord said to Man, Man, Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so, you know, in, in that in that theme of God, the Lord looks at the heart. What does the Lord see in you? What does the Lord see in those who are disabled? What does the Lord see in left-handers in China? Um, he would say that you're perfectly able and that your identity is firm, is that you are perfectly able because God is able and God is not disabled. God is never disabled and God had great purpose in whatever ailment that you have. Um, in whatever disability that you have and so for you as fathers for for whoever's listening um, for those friends around you those people who are um, who society would peg them one step lower or one level or multiple levels lower how can we view them from God's perspective how can we view them as people who need encouragement how can we view them as very able contributing members of society um, this is something that I think is 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 going to be of tremendous value to the world because if 40 percent of the of the billionaires out there are dyslexic we have disabilities all wrong even elon musk has some kind of social um impediment or some kind of some kind of like you know it, it, he's he's unique there's some kind of uniqueness about him um but he's able to use it as a superpower and to create amazing companies to have to generate amazing ideas and to lead this charge into clean energy um you know whatever you believe about that um you know there's there's ways that we can turn 
this weakness into a strength. And I want that to motivate you too as fathers. Uh, whatever it is that you think that you're going through, whatever you think that you're not able to do, I'd like to challenge you on that. I never thought I'd be able to jump into cold water and sit in it for a couple of minutes. I never thought that was possible. You know, there's things that I, I never would have imagined that I'd be sitting here recording a podcast now to people, you know, out there, you know, there's infinite things that we're able to do and we're very capable because God's going to make us capable. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. How can you view your children differently? How can you help them and support them? My son with his focusing issues, you know, he's really, really focused when he's drawing. So it's clearly something has to do with, he has to have a desire for it. He has to really like it. How can we help him to contend with it? How can we help them help to support them in their, um, their in their weaknesses right how can we grow them and encourage them to see the world from a different light and to not see it from what the world says about us right if we're if we're not unwavering in our identity we will lose our way because we'll try to fit ourselves into this world that we're not supposed to fit into we'll see ourselves by the standard of another person and we'll never measure up there's no version of perfect out there that we can measure up to because nobody sets that standard of perfection obviously god does but god doesn't expect that of us god doesn't expect us to be perfect his version of perfect he created us imperfect so we can rely on his perfection and so that's really all i wanted to share today's episode um, i hope that this helps you view the world differently and it helps us to be more noble in our interactions um, I did want to plug in the Noble Father Meetup every Thursday. If you're interested in meeting other fathers in your in in, in around the world on 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 the internet on Zoom, you'd be amazed how um, intimate and how intentional that space can be. And you know, some of these fathers are the, my my greatest friends now. They're the closest friends that I have, and um, it's an amazing space. It's at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, so please do the conversion on Google. Just look it up for your own time zone, uh, what that is for you. If you need the registration link, you can um, find it in the link tree that we have uh, posted in the show notes. Um, the other thing is we also have a Patreon. If you're looking for more content like this, uh, I post quite regularly onto the Patreon um, with different things that I'm, you know, going through my week. You know, even one podcast a week is not enough to get this information out. Sometimes I just have a post that I like to make and I just post it there. And, um, you know, there's other things that we do together. Also in a, a, a mastermind group that we're doing together. Um, it's just helping fathers to go deeper, um, but for a little bit of an investment, right? Um, invest in yourselves. Um, and, you know, that's just really how we grow as people. Um, other than that, um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.